This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. By the way, you can get this show on the Internet. You can live stream us, LarryKudlowShow.com, LarryKudlowShow.com. Around the country, throughout the globe, throughout the solar system and the Milky Way. And by the way, during the week, Fox Business Network, name of the show is Kudlow. It runs 4 to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, every day. If you can't reach us at 4 for some reason... Just text your favorite nine-year-old, and she'll show you how to DVR the show, and you'll never miss a thing. Anyway, we're going to do some stock market work. It's a very messy, sloppy week for stocks. The Dow is off 673 points. The NASDAQ down 127. The S&P 500 down 51. On top of all that, or maybe causing that, interest rates have been rising quite a lot quite a lot. The 10-year Treasury note is now back to 406. It was up 23 basis points for the week. All these rates, the 5-year was up 20 bips, the 30-year was up uh, 18 bips, mortgage rates up 16. 30-year mortgage rate is now 7.31%. That is not good. That is not good. Anyway, we're going to bring in our two distinguished investment guests, John Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion, and Mike Ozanian, who's assistant managing editor of Forbes Media and co-host of the TV show Sports Money that plays on the Yes Network. And Mike Ozanian, you know, I, I just I can't even say anything about the Yankees. I'm sorry. I just I can't. It's so depressing. It is so depressing. Uh, I just want to ask you one quick question, John Najarian. I beg your you know beg your pardon on this, uh, but I get my Palazanian here every now and then. Is it time for Aaron Boone to go? Is that is that part of the story here? Nobody wants to say that. Okay, so I want to ask you. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't just get rid of him. I would. They have to change the whole regime in the sense of the guy who runs analytics, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Cashman, and then Aaron Boone. I, I think on that totem pole, actually, Aaron Boone is probably the least culpable because mm-hmm. whatever their analytics have been in telling them that, you know, uh, Giancarlo Stanton was worth the money, Josh Donaldson was worth the money, so on and so forth, and the way they play players, shift players all around, the whole thing. I think they got to replace their whole analytics team and then change the GM and, and the manager. I think just changing the manager probably wouldn't do very much because they'd still be run by the same system. It would be like changing the guy who's the head of the money management team when you're using the same analytics to pick mm. stocks and your performance in bed. That, that's, I mean, how, that's my how, feeling on it. 
I'm, you know what? I'm, that, that's eminently reasonable. It just, I mean, how can you have a starting third baseman who's hitting 140? I mean, really? Well, the I Yankees mean, come have on. The, the, the Yankees have the third lowest on-base percentage in the American League, the last yeah. time I checked. And the yeah. only reason why they're above 500, and as we chat this morning, still a wild-card team for the playoffs, is because they've actually gotten outstanding pitching. Mm. But uh, they're hitting up and down the lineup, and it became, you know, it wasn't good. But once Judge was sidelined, it really highlighted how bad it was. I, I don't, I'm not sure I've seen one player represent so much of a team's offense uh, as Aaron Judge has in, in quite a long time. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's really astounding how far down in terms of on-base percentage and run scoring they've fallen since he left. And the bad part of that is there's a good chance he may not be back this year. Boy, oh, boy. Holy cow. Anyway, John Nigerian, having sat through all that, you're very patient and very kind. I'm sorry. I don't get a chance to talk to Ozanian, who's an expert on all this stuff. John, uh, a messy stock market. Rates are rising. The Fed's going to tighten some more. What's going on here? Well, you're right, Larry. And I, I did enjoy Michael's conversation with you just now, but the uh, as I always do. Um, but yeah, we had the 10-year jump about 10% this week. Mm. Of course, not to 10%, but it was up about 10% on the week. And I think everybody listening to the show knows why. Um, but it was really just the jobs reports were too hot. Mm. And that's not what you needed into the July 26th Fed decision, which seems more and more likely that it'll be at least 25% or 25 bips now, um, rather than flat. It's up over 95%, according to the CME. Mm. And I think people are starting to understand what that means for regional banks that are holding a lot of paper that's going to get marked against them pretty hard, as well as Joe's and Jane's that are paying on adjustable, not adjustable mortgages, but certainly their credit card debt and the drawdowns that they've been doing. I think, Larry, it was something like 37% of Americans have already tapped into um, their retirement savings through 401ks and so forth, borrowing against themselves, which is not a bad idea versus borrowing against a bank. But um, if you're seeing a third of the country basically tapping retirement funds early, um, that's not a good sign. And I think the economy is not nearly as strong as the stock market would suggest. And, John, if, looking at the 10-year all the way back up uh, over 4%. I mean, it was 330 not so long ago. That's up over 4%. So uh, the present value of uh, future earnings has to come way down, doesn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, multiples have to get slammed. And they will, um, you know, with the exception being um, anybody who can really at least uh, make a reasonable case, if not an unreasonable case, for using artificial intelligence tools to become more productive. Yeah, other than them, Mm. uh, virtually everything else has to come down, Larry. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I think we're seeing it all over with, uh, you know, it's it's service sector jobs that we're seeing. We're not seeing, you know, people uh, paying big bucks to people. We're seeing the $17 an hour jobs, which are great, but that's not really the sign of a great economy. It's the sign of 
trying to lure people back into jobs that they might not have liked that much pre-pandemic. And then they found out how little they liked it during the pandemic. Are these interest rates going to generate a recession next year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think if the uh, Fed, it's the craziest thing, Larry. I mean, you're obviously the the head of the president's economic council uh, under the previous administration and a lot of other uh, bona fides to you. Uh, When you look at the idea that they're going to um, perhaps make two more rate increases, and yet the dot plot shows that they're going to make four uh, 25 basis points cuts, in 2024 who would do that right. it doesn't make any sense you're going to you basically hit the brake pretty hard right now and then say but we're going to release it completely and we might even be cutting up to a full percentage point next year that seems crazy to me uh this is you know because it's always compared to turning a battleship or a aircraft carrier and they don't turn very fast um and yet they're going to try to make it turn fast, and they don't have a magic pill to make that happen. You know, Mike Hosanian, uh, I had um, Kevin Hassett on earlier in the show talking about uh, an interesting new study out to show you how bad the Federal Reserve's uh, dot plot is, how bad their forecasting has been, and that the forecasting has been extremely misleading. Maybe they're trying to influence expectations to cover up their misses, but the whole thing's a disaster. There, there's not going to be a rapid drop in rates. They're going to keep those uh, Fed funds target rate high because they still have a sticky inflation problem, don't they? Right. And the, and the example you pointed out about interest rates shows, I think, that the market's not buying it. I, I My sense is, in terms of the Fed, I don't know, I, I'm going back, I don't know, to, to Volcker, Paul Volcker's era. It's become mm-hmm. politicized. It's almost like... Like, I don't even think they look at the money supply. Every time I read something about what the Fed is doing, it's saying, well, the job market's too high. The job market has nothing to do with inflation. We had great job markets during the 80s and 90s, uh, great wage growth, real wage growth, and, and very tepid inflation. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a money supply issue. And to further uh, John's point where he was saying the re- possibly recession next year, I mean, the money supply has been choked off. So I, I, I view that as a real negative. All of this, you know, the people, the optimists, if you will, have pointed to the real GDP numbers. But the growth in that 2% or better the last couple of quarters isn't being driven by the private sector. It's being driven by government spending, mm-hmm. which has been increasing at a faster rate than GDP. You know, if, if, you, if you look at private domestic uh, spending, you know, you're, t- you're talking about it actually contrasting, it, uh, uh, decreasing. So th- there's a real bifurcation between the private sector and the federal government. And even in the private sector, it's separated. I think much of, so much growth now is being driven uh, by about six or seven red states. Uh, yes. You know, and compared to where I live here in New Jersey, <laughs> I yes. mean, you know, things are things are awful. So so it's. Just like the stock market itself, where even though the growth that we've had, the increase, and it's largely been driven by just a handful of stocks, mm. and, and, and which is driven up, by the way, the forward PE to the S&P 500 to about 18 or 19. So, so, again, I think that sets us up for a steep decline because as profit margins are falling, 
The price earnings ratio is increasing, and I don't think there's going to be the profit growth in the couple of quarters ahead to support that. By the way, we're going to take a break, but your point about the money supply is very interesting. The Fed doesn't look at the money supply. The whole M2 argument has been pushed off the board by the economics profession. But during that period in the 80s and 90s called the Great Moderation, when we had strong growth with low inflation, okay, guess what? Money supply was moderate for 20 years. You could take a look at it. M2 ranged, you know, 3, 4, 5, 6%. You didn't have plus 30 and minus uh, 10 or whatever we've had in the last couple of years. It was very moderate. Uh, whether wittingly or not, nonetheless, that was a story. And we also had tax cuts and minimal regulations during that period. And so that supplied the growth on the supply side of the economy. We are doing everything differently right now. And my last point to, to what you uh, just said on government, the adjusted for revisions, the biggest gainer in the jobs report was government jobs, up 60,000, okay? That was the single biggest increase in the jobs report. All right, fellas, take a quick break. I promise I won't talk about the Yankees anymore. We've got John Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion, and Mike Ozanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media and co-host of Forbes Money on the Yes Network. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back with more stocks. Larry Kudlow. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with John Najarian, and we're talking... Uh, who are we talking to? Michael... Z oh, my God. Michael Ozanian, Yankee. You know, God, what? He may never come back. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I can't get over that point. I can't get over that point, Michael Zanian. I'm will, so sorry. I will always come back. I will always, always come back. You're the best. You're the best there is. John Najarian, what's the outlook for the stock market? It all sounds sort of pessimistic here. Uh, I'm not sure what the way out is. And with interest rates rising, the outlook for profits is very murky. The outlook for the economy is very murky. The stock market may be kidding itself. This rally we had this spring, I don't know. What do you think? Well, with with us, you know, right back here at record highs again, I think the, uh, the stock market is basically just uh, telling people that there is an awful lot of potential out there in some of these new technologies, like I mentioned already, AI. But mm -hmm. uh, that's also a threat. It's a threat to jobs. Um, I'm not saying that we should bury our head in the sand and not let AI uh, exist and help uh, American companies and worldwide companies, but it clearly will limit people that, uh, for instance, Michael Ozanian and some of the folks uh, that are doing all this work with data and so forth. Um, it, it's going to limit the amount of jobs that people have because of its potential to do that um, in its true form, you know, basically just taking that data and crunching it fast without human intervention. Um, and it'll just get better and better at doing that. So um, as far as the economy right now, I, I would think that things are okay, but they're not wonderful, Not certainly not as wonderful as they would be um, if job creation was uh, in, in the sectors other than, as you said, government jobs, service sector. Um, I'm happy for both of those and for anybody that gets a job in service or 
with the government, but those aren't the jobs that uh, traditionally we have relied on to build wealth and prosperity in America. Mm. Michael Zane, I think he just put you out of a job. <laughs> not a little bit not. of time, a little bit of time, uh, yeah. because uh, as, as my friend John pointed out, it's not going to, you know, work 100% overnight. There was a website just yesterday or so came out with a story about the most valuable uh, sports teams. And what they did was they, they used AI to do the list. But mm. all the values that they published were from my list that I published a few years ago. <laughs> so, I still, so I still have a job. There's still time for me. John and Jerry and the TV and radio talking heads have still have a future. <laughs> Am I going to be okay? I mean, I don't, you know, it's not going to be that much longer. <laughs> well, yeah, you do have that because other than <laughs> live sports, which, of course, Michael um, so famously and wonderfully covers sports and the valuations of teams and all that stuff, um, as far as live sports, that is still the number one and almost the only draw uh, on network television these days. The other things are things like what you cover, Larry, because the markets change by the minute, by the second. So people need that live. Anything that they want to watch live, that has legs. Anything they don't watch live might not. All right. Stock market may not have legs either. John Najarian, Market Rebellion, Mike Ozanian, Forbes, and Sports Money. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very, very much. Folks, next up is going to be Money in Politics with Liz Peek and Steve Moore. How did the Bidens make all their money? Would somebody please explain that to me? I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. 